0: Battle by C.S. Lewis. Chapter 4 What Happened That Night. The king was so dizzy from being knocked down that he hardly knew what was happening until the Kellermeans untied his wrists and put his arms straight down by his side and set him with his back against an ash tree. Then they bound ropes round his ankles and his knees and his waist and his chest and left him there. What worried him worst at the moment, for it is often little things that are the hardest to stand, was that his lip was bleeding where they had hit him and he couldn't wipe the little trickle of blood away although it tickled him from where he was he could still see the little stable on the top of the hill and the ape sitting in front of it he could just hear the ape's voice still going on and every now and then some answer from the crowd but he could not make out the words i wonder what they've done to jewel thought the king Presently, the crowd of beasts broke up and began going away in different directions. Some passed close to Tyrion. They looked at him as if they were both frightened and sorry to see him tied up, but none of them spoke. Soon they had all gone, and there was silence in the wood. Then hours and hours went past, and Tyrion became first very thirsty, and then very hungry. And as the afternoon dragged on and turned into evening, he became cold, too. His back was very sore, and the sun went down, and it began to be twilight. When it was almost dark, Tyrion heard a light pitter-patter of feet, and saw some small creatures coming toward him. The three on the left were mice, and there was a rabbit in the middle. On the right were two moles. Both these were carrying little bags on their backs, which gave them a curious look in the dark so that at first he wondered what kind of beasts they were. Then, in a moment, they were all standing up on their hind legs, laying their cool paws on his knees and giving his knees snuffly animal kisses. They could reach his knees because Narnian talking beasts of that sort are bigger than the dumb beasts of the same kind in England. Lord King,
1: dear Lord King, said their shrill voices, we are so sorry for you. We did not untie you because Aslan might be angry with us, Who we've brought you your supper."
0: At once the first mouse climbed nimbly up till he was perched on the rope that bound Tyrion's chest and was wrinkling his blunt nose in front of Tyrion's face. Then the second mouse climbed up and hung on just below the first mouse. The other beasts stood on the ground and began handing things up.
1: "'Drink,
0: sire, and then you'll find you are able to eat.' said the topmost mouse and Tyrion found that a little wooden cup was being held to his lips it was only the size of an egg cup so that he had hardly tasted the wine in it before it was empty but then the mouse passed it down and the others refilled it and it was pressed up again and Tyrion emptied it a second time in this way they went on till he had quite a good drink which was all the better for coming in little doses for that is more thirst quenching than one long draught
1: here is cheese fire, said the first mouse. But not very much, for fear would make you too thirsty. And after the cheese, they fed him with oat cakes and fresh butter, and then with some more wine. Now hand up the water, said the first mouse, and I'll wash the king's face. There is blood on it.
0: Then Tyrion felt something like a tiny sponge dabbing his face, and it was most refreshing. Little friends, said Tyrion.
1: "'How can I thank you for all of this?' "'You needn't, you needn't,' said the little voices. "'What else could we do? "'We don't want any other king. "'We're your people. "'If it was only the ape and the calamines who were against you, "'we would have fought till we were cut into pieces "'before we'd let them tie you up. "'We would, we would indeed. "'But we can't go against Aslan.'
0: "'Do you think it really is Aslan?'
1: asked the king. "'Oh, yes, yes,' said the rabbit. "'He came out of the stable last night. We all saw him.' "'What was he like?' said the king. "'Like a terrible great lion, to be sure,' said one of the mice.
0: "'And you think it is really Aslan who is killing the wood nymphs "'and
1: making you all slaves to the king of Calamon?' "Ah, that's bad, isn't it?' said the second mouse." It would have been better if we died before all this began, but there's no doubt about it. Everyone says it's Aslan's order, and we've seen him. We didn't think Aslan would be like that. Why, we, we wanted him to come back to Narnia. He seems to have come back very angry this time, said the first mouse. We must all have done something dreadfully wrong without knowing it. He must be punishing us for something. I do think we might be told what it was. I suppose what we're doing now may be wrong, said the rabbit. I don't care if it is, said one of the moles. I'd do it again. But the other said, Oh hush, and do be careful. And then they all said, We're sorry, dear king, but we must go back now. It would never do for us to be caught here.
0: Leave me at once, dear beasts, said Tyrion. I would not for all Narnia bring any of you into danger.
1: Good night, good night,
0: said the beasts, rubbing their noses against his knees. We will come back if we can. Then they all powdered away, and the woods seemed darker and colder and lonelier than it had been before they came. The stars came out, and time went slowly on. Imagine how slowly, while the last king of Narnia, stood stiff and sore and upright against the tree in his bonds but at last something happened far away there appeared a red light then it disappeared for a moment and came back again bigger and stronger then he could see dark shapes going to and fro on this side of the light and carrying bundles and throwing them down he knew now what he was looking at it was a bonfire newly lit "'and people were throwing bundles of brushwood onto it. "'Presently it blazed up and Tyrion could see "'that it was on the very top of the hill. "'He could see quite clearly the stable behind it, "'all lit up in the red glow "'and a great crowd of beasts and men "'between the fire and himself. "'A small figure hunched up beside the fire. "'Must be the ape. "'It was saying something to the crowd, "'but he could not hear what. "'Then it went and bowed three times "'to the ground in front of the door of the stable.' Then he got up and opened the door, and something on four legs, something that walked rather stiffly, came out of the stable and stood facing the crowd. A great wailing or howling went up, so loud that Tyrion could hear some of the words. Aslan, 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 cried the beasts. Speak to us, comfort us, be angry with us no more. From where Tyrion was, he could not make out very clearly what the thing was but he could see that it was yellow and hairy. He had never seen the great lion. He had never seen a common lion. He couldn't be sure that what he saw was not the real Aslan. He had not expected Aslan to look like that stiff thing which stood and said nothing. But how could one be sure? For a moment, horrible thoughts went through his head. Then he remembered the nonsense about Tash and Aslan being the same and knew that the whole thing must be a cheat. The ape put his head close to the yellow thing's head as if he were listening to something it was whispering to him. Then he turned and spoke to the crowd and the crowd wailed again. Then the yellow thing turned clumsily round and walked, you might almost say waddled, back into the stable and the ape shut the door behind it. After that the fire must have been put out for the light vanished quite suddenly and Tyrion was once more alone with the cold and the darkness He thought of the other kings who had lived and died in Narnia in old times, and it seemed to him that none of them had ever been so unlucky as himself. He thought of his great-grandfather's great-grandfather, King Rillian, who had been stolen away by a witch when he was only a young prince and kept hidden for years in the dark caves beneath the land of the northern giants. But then it had all come right in the end, for two mysterious children had suddenly appeared from the land beyond the world's end and had rescued him so that he came home to Narnia and had a long and prosperous reign. It's not like that with me, said Tyrion to himself. Then he went further back and thought about Rillian's father, Caspian the Seafarer, whose wicked uncle King Miraz had tried to murder him, and how Caspian fled away into the woods and lived among the dwarves. But that story too had all come to right in the end, for Caspian also had been helped by children. Only there were four of them that time who came from somewhere beyond the world and fought a great battle and set him on his father's throne. But it was all long ago, said Tyrion to himself. That sort of thing doesn't happen now. And then he remembered, for he had always been good at history when he was a boy, how those same four children who had helped Caspian had been in Narnia over a thousand years before. And it was then that they had done the most remarkable thing of all, for then they had defeated the terrible White Witch, and ended the Hundred Years of Winter. And after that they had reigned, all four of them together, at Caer Paravel, till so they were no longer children, but great kings and lovely queens, and their reign had been the Golden Age of Narnia. And Aslan had come into that story a lot. He had come into all the other stories, too, as Tyrion now remembered. "'Aslan, the children from another world,' thought Tyrion. They have always come in when things were at their worst. Oh, if only they could now. And he called out, Aslan, 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 come and help us now. But the darkness and the cold and the quietness went on just the same. Let me be killed, cried the king. I ask for nothing myself, but come and save all Narnia and still there was no change in the night or the wood. But there began to be a kind of change inside Tyrion. Without knowing why, he began to feel a faint hope, and he felt something stronger. Oh, Aslan, Aslan, he whispered. If you will not come yourself, at least send me the helpers from beyond the world. Or let me call them. Let my voice carry beyond the world. Then, hardly knowing that he was doing it, he suddenly cried out in a great voice, "'Children, children, friends of Narnia, "'quick, come to me, across the worlds I call you. "'I, Tyrion, King of Narnia, "'Lord of caer Paravel, and Emperor of the Lone Islands.' "'And immediately he was plunged into a dream, "'if it was a dream, more vivid than any "'he had had in his life. "'He seemed to be standing in a lighted room "'where seven people sat round a table, It looked as if they had just finished their meal. Two of those people were very old, an old man with a white beard and an old woman with wise, merry, twinkling eyes. He, Who sat at the right hand of the old man was hardly full-grown, certainly younger than Tyrion himself, but his face had already the look of a king and a warrior, and you could almost say the same of the other youth who sat at the right hand of the old woman. Facing Tyrion across the table sat a fair-haired girl younger than either of these and on either side of her a boy and a girl who were younger still. They were all dressed in what seemed to Tyrion the oddest kind of clothes, but he had no time to think about details like that for instantly the youngest boy and both the girls started to their feet and one of them gave a little scream. The old woman started and drew in her breath sharply the old man must have made some sudden movement too, for the wine glass which stood at his right hand was swept off the table. Tyrion could hear the tinkling noise as it broke on the floor. Then Tyrion realized that these people could see him. They were staring at him as if they saw a ghost, but he noticed that the king-like one who sat at the old man's right never moved, though he turned pale, except that he clenched his hand very tight. Then he said, Speak, if you are not a phantom or a dream. You have a Narnian look about you, and we are the seven friends of Narnia. Tyrion was longing to speak, and he tried to cry out aloud that he was Tyrion of Narnia, in a great need of help. But he found, as I have sometimes found in dreams too, that his voice made no noise at all. The one who had already spoken to him rose to his feet. Shadow, or spirit, or whatever you are, he said, fixing his eyes full on Tyrion. If you are from Narnia, I charge you in the name of Aslan, speak to me. I am Peter, the High King. The room began to swim before Tyrion's eyes. He heard the voices of those seven people all speaking at once, and all getting fainter every second. And they were saying things like Look, it's fading. It's melting away. It's vanishing. Next moment, he was wide awake, still tied to the tree, colder and stiffer than ever. The wood was full of the pale, dreary light that comes before sunrise, and he was soaking wet with dew. It was nearly morning. That waking was about the worst moment he had ever had in his life.